You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. What is up, everybody? I hope you're having a great Monday. Um, So today is December 18th. I have to give a big shout out to my mom. My mom was born December 18th, um, pre-2000, and um, she is awesome. I love her to death, and I'm I know she's watching. She watches every show that I have. So shout out to you, mom. Happy birthday. Um, couldn't be more excited to um, celebrate you today. So guys, uh, moving on to the show, we've, we've had a lot going on these past couple of days. I know that my last show was Thursday or Wednesday night. I think it was actually Wednesday. And um, um, sorry, Phil was just <laughs> sending me something. Um. Shout out to um, Phil's stepfather. His birthday is today as well. Shout outs all the way around. So happy birthday to all the the mothers and fathers out there. You know, every day we should celebrate our mothers and fathers. So happy birthday to everybody. Um, so thankful for, for what the impact you've had on all of our lives. But this week has been kind of crazy. I think I told you that on Wednesday, I recorded my last episode. Um, just spent... A couple of weeks up in the mountains in Georgia, went to Helen, Georgia, um, Dalanaga, Dalanaga. I, I can't, I still can't pronounce things. You guys know that, but, um, but yeah, um, what, Hey, um, pure genius, happy early birthday. Your birthday is Wednesday. That's fantastic. But yeah, so I spent some time in Helen, Georgia. It was a lot of fun. We had a cabin, just a, a great time with, with my in-laws and get, had a lot of movie watching, a lot of Helen, Georgia, visiting a lot of Dalanaga visiting um so so much fun but the one thing i can say is none of us brought chicken cock whiskey and we really should have because you know when you're out having a campfire delonaga okay thanks pure genius appreciate it uh when you have a campfire and you got cigars like the only thing that makes it better is a is a neat a neat whiskey or a whiskey on the rock so if you haven't got your chicken cock whiskey yet go ahead and grab some of that it's it's always a good thing but yeah, so the last couple of days have been kind of crazy. Um, let's kind of go through it really quick. For those of you that might have missed it, the Gamecocks currently have nine transfer portal commitments. And we're going to go through them real quick. I have them written on my screen over here. Um, just a little sticky note. So it starts out with running backs, um, three of them, actually. And I think that was a that was a pretty big deal. Um, Raheem Rocket Sanders, you all know, you've all seen him play in the SEC the past couple of years. Fantastic pickup for the Gamecocks, somebody that can be that bell cow running back, that running back one that a lot of people have been looking for for South Carolina for, for a little bit. He is somebody that even if you don't get two years ago Rocket, you get last year's Rocket and two years ago, somewhere in between, he's a fantastic pickup. And probably, I, I think he's the number one running back transfer portal guy that's out there right now. On top of that, you get Oscar Attaway. Um, real quick, Oscar Attaway might remind you a little bit of Mario Anderson. Um, doesn't really have the jets that Mario had that he showed against Tennessee, but a guy that can kind of get what's given to him. Maybe a, a Christian Beal Smith. I can't remember what Christian Beal's last name was, but maybe like that, but a little bit better. So Oscar Attaway, great pickup. Um, and then um, Jawarn Howell, Jawan, Jawan Howell is a kid that I'm really excited for. He has three years of eligibility, uh, freshman of the year in his conference. He is electric. He is able to catch the ball in the backfield. He has everything that you want. So for all the folks that might have been disappointed that Daniel Hill is probably not going to be a Gamecock, 
Um, Jar- Jarwin Howell is a, is a really big pickup. Uh, wide receiver, you have Jared Brown from Coastal Carolina. I, I love Jared Brown. I think he is exactly what we thought we were going to get in Eddie Lewis last year. And we're going to talk about Jaden McGowan. Yes, um, for those of you that aren't on the Big Spur, maybe not on social media too much, there's a little bit of scuttlebutt right now about Jaden McGowan sticking around. Uh, I know Boston College or South Carolina is probably going to be his final destination. Right now, I wouldn't say it's all about NIL, and I wouldn't say it's over. Uh, Boston College does have more NIL money on the table, but he has to make that decision on where he wants to spend the next couple years of college. Obviously, he has experience in the SEC. He can be a kind of Swiss Army knife for the Gamecocks, probably starting his slot at wide receiver and being a kick returner or punt returner. I, I think the Gamecocks would like to hang on to him if they can, but I can't say that that's a, that's a guaranteed thing as we record this on Monday night. Uh, outside of that, one of the big pickups is Brady Hunt. Brady Hunt is a tight end from Ball State. Six foot six, 240, 250 pounds. Just a kid that when you draw up a tight end, that's what it looks like. And for South Carolina, we've had a number of years of six foot two, six foot three tight ends, kind of like a kind of like an H back. And that's not what Brady Hunt is. A couple of years ago, we got the kid from Oklahoma. I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but that's kind of what you're looking for. Austin Stogner. Um, Austin Stogner was probably a little bit slower than um, Brady Hunt is from Ball State. But Brady Hunt is a former quarterback. I think that anytime you have a former quarterback playing an offensive skill position, that's a plus. They know how to read the field. They know what they're looking for. And one of the things of Brady Hunt that I was really, really impressed with is his ability to catch the ball and turn up field. Catch the ball, turn up field every single time. And, you know, watching his his film from Ball State, sometimes that's, you know, an additional two yards, sometimes an additional 20 yards. So, but like Brady Hunt is a kid that I, I don't think that a lot of people are going to be, you know, really excited about, but they should be. He was a freshman All-American at Ball State, had an injury last year, and sometimes injuries can linger. I don't, I don't think that's the case with him. If you remember Don Chaney from Miami, the running back, from Miami, we were, South Carolina was looking at bringing in, and they ultimately decided not to. So when when kids come on official visits, especially in a transfer portal, it's not just, hey, let me show you everything Columbia has to offer. Let's talk about how much money you're going to make. Like there's still weight, there's still height, there's still, you know, some measure of healthiness. And Brady Hunt passed all that with flying colors. That's a kid that. No, no offense to the kids that are, you know, still maturing like Connor Cox, Ray McKisa, Um, but Brady Hunt's a kid that can step in right away and play a role. Outside of that, um, Kyle Kennard, a defensive end from Georgia Tech, is a, a guy that Gamecock fans should be pretty excited about. I can't remember the last time a Gamecock defensive end had more than four sacks in a game. I think it was Jadavion Clowney. I don't think there's been somebody since. But that's exactly what Kevin Kennard did this year against, I think it was Wake Forest. But when you have four sacks in the game, the the offensive line knows what they're trying to stop, and they, they still can't stop it. So Kyle Kennard's that kind of bendy, long, twitchy defensive end the Gamecocks have been looking for. Um, and don't forget about Jace's gear. He's a kid that came from Syracuse last year. He was hobbled the entire season. 
Um, the defensive line for South Carolina, I think, is going to be much improved next year. And Kyle Kennard and DeAndre Jules are a big part of that. DeAndre Jules is a 330-pound, 315-pound defensive tackle, um, played at Pittsburgh. Um, some of you guys might remember Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that Jules is going to be Aaron Donald, but Pittsburgh knows what they're doing with defensive linemen and defense specifically. And I know that the Gamecock coaching staff is ecstatic to have got his commitment so quickly. He visited Florida the week before or weekend before and decided South Carolina was the right place for him. So all these kids were getting, I shouldn't forget, um, Gerald Kilgore um, comes from a great bloodline. If you, if you want to go look at Jared Kilgore's high school highlights, he played quarterback, but just go watch him play. Uh, he's a guy that's an athlete. And I think that a lot of people talk about like, Oh, well, he came from like a non-power five school. How good can he be? Well, the Gamecocks have had a couple of those guys, and and it seemed to work out for Shane Beamer when he goes and finds those diamonds in the rough. I mean, we'll talk about Juice Wells later, but Juice Wells is one of those guys. When it comes to Kilgore, I think it was big on multiple levels because now Jalen Kilgore was a freshman All-American, obviously somebody that the Gamecock, Gamecock coaching staff thinks really, really highly of, and in this NIL transfer portal era, it would have been really easy for a school to say, all right, we'll take Jalen and we'll take Gerald too. That didn't happen. The Gamecocks got both of them. Uh, Gerald's a guy that I think is going to make a difference in the secondary sooner rather than later. He could have gone to another school where, you know, maybe it was easier for him to get on the field, but he still chose South Carolina. The Kilgore family is an outstanding, outstanding family. Um, just you, you couldn't ask for a better family there. And I think it's really exciting to have both Kilgores in South Carolina. Uh, we remember Jasper Brinkley, remember the Lindsay twins. Uh, good things happen for South Carolina when they have um, brothers on the team. So, all right, I'm going to take a look here. Um, I want to get that done off the top. If you have questions about any of these transfers, any of this transfer portal stuff, uh, we'll talk about it. And I, I promise I'll talk about AJ Swan. Um, I talked about Jaden McGowan, but we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but let's look at this. So yeah, I, d I don't think that um, KJ Jefferson is going to be a guy that Gamecocks go after. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I think that AJ Swan was the guy the Gamecocks kind of targeted and for better or for worse, he's, he committed to LSU tonight. Uh, he, he did commit to South Carolina. I can tell you that, that, that was a welcome home that Shane sent out. Uh, if you remember the big spur, you saw a poster talking today about how his contact in the sec office said that, you know, the family wanted LSU. He wanted South Carolina. Um, what I can tell you is that mom probably won out there and we'll see if he makes an impact at LSU. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if he would have ever been a starter for South Carolina, but he would have been an absolutely fantastic insurance policy when Dante Reno is coming in as a true freshman. So KJ's out. I know the Texas quarterback, a lot of guys have talked about. He came and visited South Carolina. I, I don't think that that's the route the Gamecocks are going to go. Uh, should they go there? Should they go that route? Maybe. I, I'll just be honest with you. Maybe. Um, I love Lenore Sellers. I'm a South Florence you know, graduate. I've watched Lenore's play a lot in high school. I've watched him play this year. I think that competition breeds excellence. And right now, Outside of Luke Doty and Dante Reno, there's nobody else in the quarterback room. So I would anticipate South Carolina 
taking a very, very long look at other quarterbacks in the transfer portal. I don't think it's going to be the Texas kid. It's obviously not going to be A.J. Swan. Maybe it's a D2 guy that that started a lot of games and wants to test himself. I don't know. I mean, we all remember Jason a couple of years ago and, and what he was able to do against Florida and Auburn. It could be, but I just don't know. Uh, looking through here, uh, Day asks, what do you think men's basketball needs to improve on the most in the next three games? You know, that that's a tough question. I think that the Gamecocks basketball team needs to find ways to score when the three-point ball isn't dropping. Uh, right now, Gamecocks are, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, South Carolina is shooting, let me pull it up, 37.1% uh, from three, which is good for 51st best in the country. But what you're seeing lately in the East Carolina game, the Charleston Southern game, uh, definitely not the George Washington game, but... But what you're seeing is the Gamecocks, you know, lacking an identity when the three ball is not is not dropping. I think that the Gamecocks need to find a way to get the three ball. And when the three ball is not dropping, and look, the Gamecocks are a good enough shooting team that the, the three-point shot is going to be the great equalizer in a lot of games this year. But the Gamecocks are not going to be able to get past, just looking at it, the Mississippi States, the Alabamas, even the Missouris, the Arkansas, the Kentuckys, the Tennessees of the world. If that three ball is not dropping, they can't find other ways to score. So that would be the big thing for me. I mean, they have three games right now, Winthrop tomorrow night, Elon Friday, and then um, right um, the day before New Year's Eve, they play Florida A&M at home. Gamecocks have got to find some cohesiveness, and I think that you might see them not lean on three-point shot as much as they have been just because they got to find other ways to score. Um, Day also asked, our defense doesn't seem to force many turnovers, last in the SEC and opponents' turnovers per game. Any thoughts on that? A product of the system or just the players or both? You know, Day, thinking about this question, I don't think the Gamecocks are very aggressive on defense. I think that they are kind of very, very comfortable with their offense. And, and look, their offense is, you know, just looking at it right now, a top 50 offensive team in the country. They're still a top 110 defensive efficiency team in the country. And that that's a, that's a measure of success. You know, ideally you'd like to see the Gamecocks in that 92 to 96 range and adjusted defensive efficiency. But right now, you know, with the way they're, they're scoring the ball, it, it might just be a, let's not draw fouls. Let's not be too aggressive. I mean, the Gamecocks really don't have a lot of depth. So when you play aggressive, you you have the tendency to to you know commit fouls, and I don't think the Gamecocks really want to do that right now. Just just my take. The Gamecocks aren't deep enough, and they need their guys on the court that can shoot threes to keep them um, competitive in a lot of games this year. I will say that I think the Gamecocks probably overachieved a little bit against Notre Dame, against Grand Canyon, um, to a certain extent Virginia Tech. I think, and I think the Gamecocks were just so hot that it didn't matter and they were going to beat those teams either way. But I go back to that Clemson game and the Gamecocks had an 11 point lead in that, in that game on the road at Clemson and they saw it evaporate when they were taking bad shots. So there's a lot of learning lessons that the Gamecocks need to find right now, but this is the most exciting and fun Gamecock team I can remember since, you know, maybe the final four run. I don't think the Gamecock team, the final four run was like that exciting and that much fun to start the season. Like at the same point that we are right now, 
but I'm really excited for what's going on in um, in Gamecock basketball land right now. And if if you can get out to the game tomorrow night, please do. I mean, they're still running that hot dogs, popcorn, soda, and water deal. I think you have to get an app. I, I haven't confirmed that, but I think you have to download like the Go Gamecocks app or something. But go out to the game tomorrow night. I mean, they're playing Winthrop. Winthrop's their biggest test um, right now through the end of the non-conference you know, kind of schedule. So Winthrop's a good team. They, they score a lot of points. I'll, I'll pull them up really quick just so you guys have an idea. But with Winthrop, looking at it, I mean, they're, a, they're a top 100 offense. Their defense is pretty poor, but they do shoot um, 34.4% from three. They chuck a lot of them. Um, you know, that it should be a fun game. I think the Gamecocks should win, but it will be a fun game. All right, let's see what else we got. Um, so Jenkins Davis asked about AJ Swan. Um, with AJ Swan, it, it came down to he he was gonna stay in the SEC. I thought he was gonna go to South Carolina, he would have been perfect. We kind of talked about it earlier. Um, but if if you guys are just popping in right now, um, AJ Swan committed to South Carolina, he committed to Shane Beamer and his parents and his mom specifically decided that LSU might be a better fit for him and good for him. I mean, there's not a lot of people that get the opportunity to play at LSU. I think that South Carolina can rebound from that. I think that they will find another quarterback in the transfer portal. Let's not forget that spring practice is going to come and we're going to find out a lot about depth charts around the country. And they're going to be guys that, that find their way to another school and, and that might be the perfect time for South Carolina to pounce on a, a more talented guy than AJ Swan. I mean, I was all for AJ Swan. I thought he was the perfect kind of backup. I don't know what's happened to LSU. I can tell you that their backup quarterback this year, despite his you know four-star rating out of high school, I was not that impressed with. So maybe he thinks he has an opportunity to get a starting job at LSU. That was not going to be the case at South Carolina. But I think LSU might have a guy waiting in the wings. And maybe it's the same situation. He just likes LSU better. Uh, Jenkins Davis, yeah. Um, Juice Wells at Ole Miss scares nobody. What do you think? Yeah. So, uh, Pure Genius says, Who is this Juice Wells you speak of? Uh, Jenkins says, Juice Wells at Ole Miss, nobody cares. Look, you know, I think the best thing for Gamecock fans is just to not worry about Juice Wells anymore. It, he had an opportunity to make a good bit of money in NIL at South Carolina, uh, more than he made last year. And just so everybody knows, I know I've seen some crazy numbers like, you know, $750,000, a million dollars, $1.2 million. Like Juice didn't make that at South Carolina. Um, he made every penny that was promised to him. Every penny. He had, and and my my friend JC has said this a lot, you know, my colleague at the Big Spur, no player outside of maybe Marcus Lattimore has been better taken care of like in his entirety at South Carolina. And I'm not saying Marcus was paid, but just the way that he was, you know, treated by the support staff, the medical staff, the coaches, Juice, you know, I wish I, I don't really, I, I don't wish him well. I wish that he succeeds in anything he wants to succeed in life, except for against October 5th in South Carolina. He rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but that's just a kid making a decision. And, and look, you know, I'm 35. I wish that I had, you know, the mindset of, you know, my father-in-law who's, you know, older than I am and I'm, I'm still going to get smarter in life. But I think Juice probably made a mistake. He's probably going to get paid. Maybe we'll have a great year at Ole Miss. But, you know, no one needs to wish Juice well. Um, Juice, 
did what he did. And that's all I'm really going to say about that. He had a, he had a better NIL deal at South Carolina, but he didn't want to take it. So what else can you say? Uh, Connor, Connor Harmon asked any word on LT Overton. So I'll just go ahead and tell you that with the over 20, over 10 boys, I, I don't think South Carolina has pushed that hard. Maybe that's going to be a mistake in the long run, but you know, right now, I don't think a lot of teams are pushing hard for, for LT Overton or his brother, Micah. I think that, you know, that's a kid that has a really good five-star billing out of high school. Didn't really make that much of a difference in his first two years in college, probably more developmental than Kyle Kennard is. Um, and look, Overton might be better than Kennard. He might have a fantastic NFL career, but right now, you know, in at least the eyes of the Gamecock coaches, uh, Kennard was the, was the take that they wanted to take. And, you know, Overton's has some NIL demands. He's, he's talking to blue bloods and, you know, some of these blue bloods have the opportunity to spend a little bit more money than South Carolina can for a depth piece. And I'm not saying that Overton would be a depth piece. But I'm just saying that that's kind of where we're at. Um, all right, pure genius South Florence grad 94. I'm South Carolina 2000 or South Florence 2006. Uh, Jenkins Davis says, please stay on football. Well, Hey, Jenkins, ask me any questions you got, man. I'm here for you. Um, big red said, I watched a bit of the Charleston Southern game. It looks like we need to get bigger in the paint, but I have not watched many of the games. Well, I mean, the Gamecocks are what they are in, in basketball. And to be honest with you, South, South Carolina probably was not ready for Charleston Southern shooting 17 of 18 from three. They'd only made 10 threes their last three games. Good for 24%, 10 to 41. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Charleston Southern, I have a little bit of a fondness in my heart for Charleston Southern. Um, they're going through a little bit of turmoil right now. Um, their head coach, Barkley Radeval, stepped down. Saad Nimley is now the interim head coach. Saad's a great kid, great guy. Um, he's not a kid anymore. I've known him since he was a kid, but a great, great young man, great adult, um, and just – you know, probably the best player in Charleston Southern history. And they're going to play like he wants to play. And I wish them all the, all the best. Um, SC scout guy says when Talon and Michi are not on the floor, this is a totally different team. Absolutely. I think that you need at least Talon or Michi on the floor at all times for South Carolina, just because there's still a little bit of ball sticking when they're not on the court. And, you know, Michi's a guy that can go get his, his shot attempt anytime he wants it. Talon's a guy that can, you know, manipulate the defense and get guys open. But yeah, I mean, you got to have those two guys. And I've said this from the get-go, from Garden and Black Madness, this team will go as far as the guards take them, especially Michi and Talon. Uh, Lee says he was a beloved player here. I I don't know who you're talking about, Lee, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure whoever you said was a beloved player here. Player here. Jenkins says, what team are we more likely to beat after the first bye week, Oklahoma or Ole Miss? You know, right now, right now, it's a really good question. I, I'd probably lean towards Ole Miss just because the game's at home. And, you know, Ole Miss has, has laid some duds in the past. I think that, you know, both teams are going to be motivated by that. Lane Kiffin doesn't forget anything. He knows what everybody said about Juice going to Ole Miss. Juice knows everything that Gamecock fans said about him leaving the Gamecocks. I'd probably lean to Ole Miss, um, and i got to pull up the schedule. Um, hey, Jenkins, which game comes first? I believe it's Ole Miss October 5th, but let me pull that up. 
2024 Gamecock football schedule. Let's see. So I'm just going to FBSschedules.com. Yeah, so you have Ole Miss Saturday, October 5th. Uh, So just looking at that, let's talk about it for a second. You have Saturday, October 31st, Old Dominion Monarchs. Gamecocks are probably going to win that. At Kentucky Wildcats, Gamecocks have got to find a way to get Kentucky for a third straight year. I think they're catching Kentucky at the right time. Then you have LSU. Um, Who knows? Maybe A.J. Swan's playing quarterback for LSU that week. Then you have Akron. Then you have an off week. Let's see who Ole Miss plays before South Carolina. Because I haven't looked at this. This is a great question, Jenkins. I really, really appreciate it. Um, So Ole Miss has Furman, Middle Tennessee State, uh, Wake Forest, Georgia Southern, Kentucky, and then at South Carolina. So Ole Miss is definitely going to be um, smelling their own farts a little bit after that, you know, opening. I think that that will be, yeah. So outside of a trip to Wake Forest, that's going to be, that's going to be Ole Miss's first road game of the season in SEC play. Yeah, um, Jenkins, I would I would say that it's more likely to beat Ole Miss than it is to beat um, Oklahoma. So I mean, maybe I'll call my shot right now. Maybe South Carolina beats Oklahoma. I don't know. Um, so looking at this right here, um, Anthony Harrison. Wow. Okay. This, this is great. This is great. Um, guys, give me a second here. Um, so Anthony Harrison, uh, we played high school basketball together. <laughs> you know what, man, you might be the second best shooter in South Carolina history, but I think I got you for the best shooter in South Carolina history. No, but I swear to you, I swear y'all Anthony Harrison was Steph Curry before Steph Curry existed. So I'm so happy to see Anthony here. What's up, man? Um, and guys, if you need a realtor in Columbia, South Carolina, go go talk to Anthony Harrison. He he actually covered. Uh, looking at here, JC popped in. What's up, JC? Love you to death, my friend. Uh, Travis Williams says, any incoming transfers to keep an eye on? I mean, yeah. I mean, Rocket Sanders is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Rocket Sanders is going to be like the leader for South Carolina in the backfield. I think Brady Hunt has an opportunity to be the best tight end on the roster, and that that's not taking anything away from Josh Simon. I think both those guys are going to eat. And if you remember Dowell Loggins, Dowell Loggins has an NFL background, but he also has you know a college background. And you saw Trey Knox on the field. I think that I think if he has the opportunity, he's going to use some more twelve formation, getting two tight ends out there. And so Dowell Loggins is going to incorporate both these guys. Um, you know, I don't think you can look much further than Kyle Kennard. Kyle Kennard's a guy that is going to have an, an, an absolute chance to make an impact. I mean, Dylan Stewart's going to as well, but Kyle Kennard's a guy that has four sacks in the game. There's nobody else on the Gamecock roster that can say that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Pure Genius says, think Gatling signs with us. As of right now, I would lean towards Gatling signing with us. Um, you know, and if you didn't listen to JC, JB, and Phil or, or watch them live today, uh, JC had a good point where he talked about how many all Americans are a part of the South Carolina recruiting class and, and Gatling could be another addition to that. And I, I really do like everything Gatling puts on film. I think that he is, he's a very high floor and potentially high ceiling guy. So yeah, there's a reason he has like 37 offers and he committed to Texas A&M when he did. Um, so Jenkins says, yeah, talking a little bit about old dominion, what do you think the score will be when we played them? How do they match us? You know, Jenkins, I'll be really, really honest. I left Helen, Georgia this morning at like 10 a.m. 
and I didn't get a chance to watch any of the Old Dominion games. So I know nothing about Old Dominion. I mean, if you have some thoughts, I I would actually love to hear them because I missed all of that game. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. I don't think the Gamecocks will struggle with old. They, they should not struggle with Old Dominion to answer your last question there, but but who knows. Um, Pure Genius says a couple of games ago there was an unidentified recruit of the game. Is that still a secret? Know anything about that? Yeah, so Pure Genius, I've I've heard a couple rumors. Um, the one person that I've heard was there was um uh the Staley kid that's committed to Tennessee. I don't know for sure that it was him. Um that that actually has been kept really, really hush hush. But I, I if you had to ask me and I had to, you know, say yes or no, I think it was um Braden Stanley. That Staley that's committed to Tennessee. Um, like we struggled against Jack State. Yeah, Gamecocks struggled against Jack State, but look, Jack State just won nine games. I I think that the Gamecocks were a broken team when they played Jacksonville State. I don't know if it means that you know they're gonna struggle with old Dominion. Um, I just don't know. Until all this transfer portal dust settles, we got national signing day on Wednesday let's just see what happens. I, I think that when we get too far in front of our skis, sometimes we can, you know, say things that, you know, look really, really dumb later. I just don't want to say anything about that. Um, so Jay Diz, it's a little concerning that both DL transfer only have one year to play. Need to get more DL defensive line to develop for the future. Need a cornerback or two badly. And with um, Gargiulo leaving O-line would be, yeah, another O-line would be great. Look, Gamecocks lost 18 players in the transfer portal, and I don't think it's done. I'll just say that. Uh, there's going to be another transfer portal window. I think this one right here runs until, I can't remember. It's like December or January 3rd. I, let me look it up. I don't want to just shoot off the cuff with you guys. So first transfer portal window, first college. If anybody knows it, just tell me it because it would be a lot easier than me. Looking it up. Let's see. So I can't find it fast enough. It's like in the next 30 days or something. But but yeah. Um I think that you just got you gotta see what happens with 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 the transfer portal window and see who leaves after spring practice, who's available. And you gotta wait till after the bowl games for all these guys, all these teams that are really good. <laughs> They're gonna have some transfer guys. Um, so let's see. Jenkins says, I would say they will struggle early and beat them in the second half. The same way we did Jacksonville state old dominion won by like three touchdowns today. Yeah. I, I think that should be what South Carolina does against old dominion. Uh, Trent Benton. What about the fountain kid from Atlanta? Thought he was leaning to flip to us. Yeah, Trent, I'll be honest. I thought so too. Um, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that Cameron fountain was a silent commit to South Carolina, but he he pretty much was. <laughs> That's all I can say. I, I think the I think the coaches are still working him. I think that the new defensive coordinator, Southern Cal, has kind of locked that one down. I still know that Southern Cal is really, really far away. And a big deal for Cameron Fountain was for his family to be able to watch him play. So I don't know if he's gonna go all the way to Southern Cal. I don't think he's I don't I don't know if it's gonna be the Gamecocks. I'll just put it that way. It might be the Gamecocks, it could be somebody else but as of right now his plan is to sign with southern cal but this is a kid and and look you know I, i've seen a lot of posts on the big spur lately about 
you know, being in a top three or top four for a high school commitment and, and missing out just means that you're probably going to be where he plays in two or three years. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a case where Cam Fountain decides like, Hey, South Carolina looks great. I don't like being in Southern Cal for a year. I don't know. The, the, it's, it's the absolute wild, wild West when it comes to Gamecock recruits, recruits across the country, Gamecock players. It, it really, the best thing I can tell you is it's a year by year thing right now. Um, Pure Genius asks, am I aware of any silent commits? Um, as of right now, I'm not. The only one I knew about was AJ Swan. And obviously, he, he's not going to be a Gamecock. He committed to LSU. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there are some silent commits out there. I mean, this is a time I would tell you guys to, to look at the Big Spur. Go to thebigspur.com. There's going to be little drips of information. I will say that, you know, we're Monday night, December 18th, 2023 at 9.36 p.m. And National Signing Day is Wednesday. And Shane Beamer announced that he is going to have a press conference at 3 p.m. to talk about the signing class. There is a lot, a lot that goes on in this less than 48-hour 40 hour time period. I mean, if you want to go back to Nicholas Harbor, Nicholas Harbor went back and forth between Oregon and South Carolina probably seven times. And I don't think that I got the, the text that Nicholas Harbor was going to be a Gamecock until like eight minutes before he announced. So that that's how fluid this stuff is. Um, John Whittle on JCJB and Phil's show inside the Gamecocks today had a good point that, you know, nobody can sign a national letter of intent until Wednesday morning at 12.01 a.m. So, I mean, I've, I've heard, I've heard crazy stories, y'all. I've heard stories about, you know, guys that were going to commit to like, I don't want to say Memphis because that's where Mario Anderson's going, but just think about like a team like Memphis. And then the day of signing day, they get an NIL from, or yeah, NLI. Gosh, these acronyms are crazy now, but they get a national letter of intent sent to them from Alabama. And all of a sudden they're going to Alabama. So there, there are crazy things that happen this last little like, 48 to 36 to 24 to 12 to four to two hour window before national signing day, where all of a sudden big school X, Y, Z finds out that a recruit is flipping somewhere else. And now they're, they're sending out a national letter of intent to a player far down on their board. So I don't think it's going to be the case for the Gamecocks this year. Maybe, maybe the Gamecocks, you know, find, maybe they flip somebody. I mean, I would, I would watch out for, you know, a couple guys like the Scott kid from Marion, maybe the Staley kid, but that's by no means me saying like Gamecocks are getting them. I don't think so. I think that those guys are pretty locked into where they're going and I'm just not going to lead y'all astray. Um, so, Oh, Jenkins. Yeah. Was that the game? I got a text about that when I was driving, that was like 21, nothing. And then somebody came back. I have no idea. Uh, Travis Williams says names we're going after in the portal. I mean, right now it's kind of at a dead period. I, I don't think that the Gamecocks are really going after guys you don't know about, like maybe the Overton brothers, um, you know, maybe the Alabama defensive linemen. I don't think they're going to be a guy, guys that South Carolina has an opportunity for. I think that this window is kind of closed. I think that 
you know, it's, it's a dead period. So for those of you who don't know, there was a dead period, I think, that started today or starts tomorrow where um, guys can't come on campus. And, and I talked about this a few episodes ago, but what happens is you have this mad rush when the transfer portal opens where all these kids start visiting schools and they might have like three visits in seven days because what they have to do is they have to figure out where they want to go to school. They got to go through admissions. They got to find a place to live. They got to move all their crap from across the country to somewhere else. And they have to be ready for um, the spring semester. So I don't know if there's going to be other folks. I mean, really and truly, I mean, anybody that commits now, I think they probably have until like mid February to, to get to South Carolina in time for spring practice. I think what you see right now is probably what it's going to be uh, going into spring practice. Um, yeah, Jenkins. Yeah. They actually lost. Um, what's good, Craig. Always good to see you. Um, about four minutes late. Yeah. Um, AJ Swan to LSU. I mean, maybe he'd rather sit the bench there. I don't know. Yeah. Pure genius. Um, Widow was pretty good today, despite the chicken cock buzz. Yeah, I don't think Widow was actually having any chicken cock today. I think it was just a joke. Uh, Craig says, I'm not freaking freaking on Swan. We don't need a Rattler type in the portal. We need someone who has same, some experience, but doesn't command huge, desi- huge dollars, but has some experience. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that you know a lot of people in the Big Spur had some good points. I don't know if you guys are on the Big Spur, but they talked about like AJ Swan would be a guy that you have to change the offense for if he ended up coming to South Carolina in the event of Lenoris or whoever not starting. Um, I think that, you know, a dual threat guy that has some wheels is probably the way the Gamecocks need to go. You don't need to change the offense in midstream because you have an injury or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Jenkins says, I would love Mario Anderson to come back to us. He was a good egg. Yeah. Mario Anderson was fantastic. I, I have nothing bad at all to say about Mario Anderson. He has a lot of reasons for, you know, entering the transfer portal that will probably come out in time. Um, I hope that he got a lot of money from Memphis. I, I, I have nothing but respect for Mario Anderson and he handled that in a completely different way than juice. Wells. So I, I, I love, I love Mario and I hope he has all the success in the world. Honestly. Um, yeah, um, exo make me horololo. Um, I, I think they just wait on the wait on the quarterback stuff. I think there are going to be people out there. KJ Jefferson just entered the portal like maybe an hour before we started this today. I don't think KJ Jefferson is going to be the guy, but just a reminder that people enter the transfer portal at any time, it doesn't have to be like in this window. Um, there are going to be more transfer guys out there. Uh, Craig says, shout out to mad dog behind the scenes. What's good, Phil. Absolutely. I will give a shout out to Phil every chance I get. He is the absolute best. Um, Exo says, considering how bad the defense was, are we sure we don't need guys? Exo, I think the Gamecocks are going to take transfer guys from wherever they can get them. It doesn't matter if it's offense or defense. They're, they're going to, they're going to go get guys. Um, so we'll we'll just, we'll just see. I mean, all you can do is wait now. I mean, of the guys that the Gamecocks have so far, uh, Jaden McGowan, if you missed it, he has some some you know stuff going on with Boston College that you know maybe he ends up at South Carolina, maybe he doesn't. I will say it's not over. Um, but but yeah, I think the Gamecocks have upgraded the transfer portal so far. 18 guys out, nine guys coming in, you know, maybe not Jaden McGowan, but Gamecocks have upgraded and they they have plenty more room. Remember, you only have to be at 85 scholarships come August 1st. So there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of transitions still going on. 
Uh, Craig says, I think we've upgraded the running back spot. I don't blame Mario. JC said that he didn't get much at all. Yeah, he didn't. And the hard thing about NIL for running backs and like you, you'd be surprised at what rocket got. It just is what it is. Same thing as NFL, like running backs are, I hate to say it, a dime a dozen, and they're not going to command big NIL dollars. The guys that are making NIL are quarterbacks, wide receivers, defensive ends. That's it. Maybe a defensive tackle if you have, you know, if you really need a nose guard. I people do like these players do not make that much money in NIL. I think that you know the sooner that that really that really resonates with fan bases, the better it'll be. Yeah, they they make money. Do they make you know? more money than a recent college graduate does with a degree probably, but they don't make like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Let's see here. Um, Will says, I don't think sellers needs another experienced quarterback in the room with them. He learned a lot from La- Rattler last year and now it's time to let him carry the torch. Yeah. Will, the big thing is that like what, ha- what happens if, if sellers goes down, he's a dual threat quarterback. Like what happens? You got it. You got to have somebody else back there. That's not, you know, necessarily a, a freshman. Uh, Will also says, and I like Luke Doty as the backup. Yeah. But remember, Luke Doty for the past two years has been split in time in the quarterback room and the wide receiver room. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation to be in. I don't think that the Gamecocks thought they were going to lose Tanner Bailey and Colton Gauthier, especially not Colton. I'm, I'm really surprised that Colton left, but I understand. Like, you know, you want to play quarterback while you still can. I give anything to go back and play high school basketball. That'd be awesome. Uh, I would do a lot of things different. I'd probably score more than Anthony Harrison. But um, Big Red says, how many spots do we have left in this recruiting class? You know, you know, Big Red, it's not necessarily about like how many spots are left in the recruiting class. It's all about 85 scholarships in August. So just keep an eye on the scholarship number. It, it's kind of like a, a mixed bag. Like how many recruits do you take versus how many you know transfers do you take? Right now, I would put South Carolina's recruiting class up against virtually almost anybody, like virtually anybody. I mean, the the amount of studs they have coming in, I mean, I think it's like the 13th best recruiting class in the country if you just look at the average star rating. And that includes, you know, Mason Love, the the punter slash kicker. So, I mean, I think the Gamecocks have just as many, like, impact guys coming in. Now, the big thing is you got to hit on all of them. In an ideal world, you hit on all the All-Americans and then – you know, the other eight guys are really fantastic too, but yeah. Um, so Trent says, how about the offensive lineman from Texas tech that, that visited over the weekend? Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to end up at South Carolina. I think last I heard it was Louisville or Virginia tech for him. Um, sorry, I missed a couple here. Craig says, I think the Kilgore brothers are going to give us a really good story for the media to run the season. Absolutely. I mean, I can't wait for the sideline stuff with that, Craig. You're right on point as always. Will said, I'm to the point where I'm going to focus on basketball season and just check the football roster at the spring game. Absolutely. Well, I think that's what you got to do. Um, I mean, stay, stay tuned. I mean, there's fun stuff that happens, but yeah. Uh, Trent says, how about the O-line from, yeah, we already talked about that. Um, Anthony says, ha ha. Yeah. I could never score more points than Anthony. I swear that kid was awesome. I wish I could shoot like him. Uh, Craig Godwin says, apparently Carson Beck was asking for 4 million to come back and it seems he got it. Um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if, um, Carson Beck actually got that Craig. I think that what might've happened was the Riallo kid that just decommitted it and went to Nebraska, maybe some NIL money opened up, but I don't think Carson Beck was ever in jeopardy of going to the NFL or anything. I think it was just, 
you know, <laughs> let me hold Georgia hostage. And, and unfortunately that's what's happening. And look, I think it's, it's a good thing. I think these kids should make as much money as they possibly can. I wish I could have made that money in, in college. Um, Big Red says, thanks. Can't keep up with all the new NIL landscape. Absolutely. Um, XO says, eyes, not McGowan. Can't relax for a minute. Yeah, you can't relax for a minute. And I promise you, like, the only reason I'm smiling right now is I just understand, like, there's absolutely nothing that we can do. I mean, you can donate to NIL, and I think that really, really helps. But there's always somebody that's willing to spend more money. But the problem is Gamecock fans have not done enough in NIL. Like just point blank, they haven't. Um, you know, it's it, it's a delicate game of chess too because you know you have to spend money wisely. You just don't, and it's like spend money. I hate the term. I hate the term spend money on a college athlete, but you know that's kind of what it is. You have to pay somebody what they think they're worth, and if they think they're worth more than that, it's no different than a job that you have. You might go to your boss and say, "Hey, I want a fifty percent raise," and he says, "Well." kick rocks i'll go find somebody else like that that's kind of what college football has turned into and in college basketball for that matter i mean coaches have to have to weigh a lot and coaches can't talk about it so you know you're relying on guys like in the collectives that have the ability to have these conversations with parents and agents and all that but you know get all the kids for making money um exo says i'm about ready to snatch guys from the streets <laughs> yeah I mean, I get it. I get it. But y'all, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate everybody for coming out tonight. Um, just so you know, we do this show every Monday night at 9 p.m. Um, looking at, let me look at the schedule. Where's my phone? All right, let me get my phone really quick. Um, we'll definitely do this. So today is the 18th. Y'all, I'm just going to be honest. We're not going to have an episode on Christmas Day. So we won't have an episode Christmas Day. Maybe I can talk Phil into coming on on the 26th or the 27th. Um, I will have an episode that drops Thursday, the 21st. It's probably going to be on um, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. I will have an episode on the 28th. But I'll, I'll talk to Phil and see if we can figure out something over Christmas week. But I don't even think Phil's working with Inside the Gamecock. So let's not ask him to do that. If you want to get a hold of me, though, um, let's see. I just got a Twitter. Um, I think I told you guys that, but I got a I got a Twitter or, or X, whatever it's called. But um, my name on on X or Twitter is Late Night Gamecock. It's capital L number eight N I T E Gamecock. So capital L Ocho N I T E Gamecock. Just like you think. I think you only have fifteen characters on there. So follow me there. But if you want to, if you have a question, you know, you want to get answered, you can always find me on the big spur at Matt Anderson, or you can um, email me at late night Gamecock show at gmail.com. So y'all, I appreciate y'all sticking with me. Um, so much fun, so much fun to be here with you guys. And, you know, all of you give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. It's the one thing we don't get more of. So thank you for spending it with me tonight. If I can ever do anything for you guys, let me know. I'm more than happy to do everything I can. And I appreciate y'all and, and we'll talk soon. Have a great night.